Welcome to We The People, a weekly Nintendo podcast. Today is the day we're doing an E3 pre-show for Nintendo's presence at E3. And while we're going to mainly cover the Nintendo Direct that's coming up on Tuesday, a lot of Nintendo... Uh, a lot of Nintendo's close partners will also be at the show. I am uh, one of your hosts, Michael, joined by my twin brother, player two since the womb, Yo. Matthew. Say hello to the ladies and gents out there. Hello, ladies and gents. Out there. Out there. Space. <laughs> floating with nothing to do but listen to this podcast. <laughs> We're here for you. Let's start with some breaking news, Matthew. Today at the Ubisoft Forward event, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. The title was previously leaked on Nintendo's website as screenshots and the title image were posted in the wrong time zone. This game will take place in a space setting with clear Mario Galaxy influences, but the game seems to be set up largely the same, taking teams of three into turn-based tactical battles. Um, Matthew, uh... You don't have much of a um, history with with this series. What, what do you think? What do you make of this announcement and your thoughts on the series in general? I, I mean, I think it was expected. Uh, you know, I, I think there was a lot of rumor speculation around a sequel to the first one being made because it seems to have performed really well, and you know, it just made sense for the two sides to you know get something done and and keep moving in that direction. I I have some history with it. I played some of the Donkey Kong expansion. Uh, just because, obviously, I love Donkey Kong, but I didn't get very far because it's a difficult game to start with the Donkey Kong pack with if you haven't really played the normal mode because it's a lot harder. Uh, so I don't have too much experience with it. I'm just kind of disappointed that... Where's my boy Yoshi? That's my favorite guy. Uh, it, you know, obviously, since DK's not in the main Mario game, but Yoshi and Rabbit Yoshi, where are you? I was uh, a little disappointed not to see them... Uh, but otherwise, I mean, I, I would think, you know, again, this was pretty expected um, as far as how it looks. Uh, you know, it's it's weird. I don't want to say I'm underwhelmed or anything like that. But watching the trailer, I didn't really get excited because it looks exactly like the first game. Uh, you know, it's just set in space now, I guess. And the enemies, there was an enemy that looked like Tony the Tiger to me. Uh, he it, did. It, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> very, very boy, weird Tony. looking characters. Uh I don't know. There was a rabbit that had a sword like Cloud too, which I, I did not understand who that's supposed to be at all. Uh, but I, I didn't. I didn't understand the enemies at all. Also, I feel like I, you know, there was a, a rumor about the next Mario Rabbits game being a teensy bit of trouble, which you know, referencing the teensies from the Rayman franchise. Uh, you know, kind of signaling that maybe Rayman would have something to do with this game. And I know they said that they have some surprises coming. Uh, for that game i think even in terms of characters but i'm not exactly sure but it'd be super sick if rayman was involved with that but that was part of my disappointment with it too is i was thinking maybe they would include rayman in one of these games it just seems to make a lot of sense and then at that point it would be a no-brainer to put him in super smash bros which hopefully that's still going to happen on tuesday but we'll save that for the prediction part of this podcast but overall i just found it to be a normal announcement it wasn't disappointing but it was wasn't incredibly exciting either just because i think we all expected it yeah well the funny thing is they they actually had set out a poll years ago on what characters would you like to see in another mario plus rabbits game in some region it was either ubisoft or nintendo con- conducting that poll and so it's yeah, I mean, I just always expected this when it leaked. I was like, yeah, sounds, sounds that's about time. that's what's weird is why... When I saw the trailer, 
I was like, yeah, looks about right. But that's that's what's weird is why even have a poll on what other characters they might want to use if they were just going to make another game with Mario. And, you know, I don't even know why I'm asking that question because it's it's probably uh, because well, they were asking like money. Well, they were asking they were asking like what Mario character. So, so the choices on the poll were like. Do you like Daisy or Wario or I mean it was it was like very close now I don't even know if they had the Kongs on there um, so I mean it was it was just that sort of thing and uh, yeah it kind of seems like I mean with with the space theme the you you bring in the Lumas I can see that they're going to be kind of a gameplay aspect where you'll you'll pair a Luma with with a character and you'll do some sort of special attack with that uh, those Lumas are hideous. As the uh, the rest of the game, I I, I was reflecting on this because I played through the first game. I put, I've played through it twice. I've done the Donkey Kong DLC twice. I love those games. Uh, they're a really they're just a really good time. It's a it's an interesting kind of um, tactical RPG, and I don't like the the endless comparisons to XCOM that people give because XCOM also has like guns and is turn based and it's just like it's a genre, guys. It's turn based RPGs, uh, tactical turn based RPGs. We're talking Fire Emblem. We're talking about Final Fantasy Tactics. We're talking about Trails of Cold Steel. We're talking about Mario Plus Rabbids. And I like the mechanics of this one, the way that you can, like, slide through an enemy and then boost off of your other enemy and, and jump off a different one. It's it's all good stuff. And the the way that each character could express themselves is great. But the game always had this big nagging problem, which is the Rabbids. They're not charming. They're seldom funny. And, oh, um, come on. You got to get up off the rabbits, man. I actually like the rabbits. I feel like the rabbits, like, I don't know if you believe this or not, but I really feel like that's where the inspiration for the minions came from uh, for, uh, oh, for Despicable sure. Me. Oh, and, for sure. And I don't know. I, I don't feel like they get enough credit for being funny and kind of pioneering that whole, like, weird little... I, I don't know. I, I actually find them to be really funny. I remember when I bought... Uh, one of the old Rayman Raving Rabbids games when they... Because a lot of people don't remember this either, which is why I'm kind of disappointed that, you know, they'll make Rabbids games with Mario, but they won't put Rayman in. It's, they used Rayman to essentially create the Rabbids, you know, which is just, you know, like they were one in the same back in the day. And so I, I that's why another reason why I find it disappointing that they won't put Rayman in one of these games. But, uh, you know, because I have some experience with seeing them, they are pretty darn funny. And I know from playing uh, Mario uh, Rabbids Kingdom Battle in the limited time that I did, I found there to be a lot of uh, funny moments. So I don't know. There's some good humor in I gameplay wise there. The Mario and Luigi ones were really fun to play as because they had like interesting abilities, but the thing that that bugs me about them being in this game is that they're just constantly shoving rabbits down your throat, and it seems like this big marketing thing where they're just trying to tie rabbits as closely to Mario as possible so that you'll go out and buy rabbits merchandise or or whatever. Uh, I'll give you an example. In the game, you have a team of three people. You have to use Mario as one of your teammates, and you have to use a rabbit. You can't create a team of full Mario characters. And the rabbit characters that are on display, I mean, they're just kind of like weird versions of, of the character. Like, Rabbit Peach, her entire character, out of that whole game, and I've played it I've played it twice, twice through, and she's in the Donkey Kong DLC. Her entire character can be summed up in one word, which is selfie. And it's just not that funny. 
It was funny a couple times, but when I saw that the first thing that you see in this trailer is is Rabbit Peach go up to Mario and take a selfie. I'm like, here we go again. Can we get some new material over here, guys? And I, I agree I, I with these that guys part. Like, made a whole like TV show, but, but I mean, it, I don't know. Something about the rabbits just feels so like off brand and and unappealing. I mean, you look at the rabbit that has the the black and green hair with the sword. It's like, what what is that thing? And you know, like, you know, is is that going to be in Fortnite? <laughs> Yeah, that might be one of the two characters. I think you said that there was nine characters total, and they showed seven. That might be one of them. Well, I'm going to ride in the streets if if we get uh, if if we don't get Rosalina, but we get Rabid Rosalina. Because I mean, then that's that's the problem that that game had with with like what all the rabbits did was that you know if if rabbits are such interesting characters that can stand on their own, I mean, do something like just give me a rabbit. Um, no, I agree, and and like I said, I mean that's the part that I just find perplexing as to why they don't use Rayman because it's their own character, and especially in you know like like you just pointed out, the rabbits themselves aren't very appealing, and so I think this is a perfect opportunity where you make a game that's popular and you put Rayman in there, you just use the excuse of the fact that there's rabbits in there to put Rayman in there, and all of a sudden you've built some you know, no, notoriety backup for Rayman, and then you make a Rayman game and it'll probably do better than it otherwise would. So uh, I feel like that's just kind of the missed opportunity I can't get past. But I do agree with you about the rabbits thing. You know, some of the jokes probably get a little tired, and it has that, like, newer age social media sense of humor. Uh, I feel like Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, had a lot of that. And that's why you look at the original trilogy, and I just feel like those games were so much funnier you know they were more yeah, like cartoon Looney characters Tunes. taking selfies this, this is just a note for all my uh all my dudes in the industry cartoon characters taking selfies has not been funny in about 10 years no i mean that's that's why it's when, just not funny anymore that's taking pictures of your of your lunch not funny anymore no one does that that's it's just like it uh no i, I was just gonna say or I, I was trying to say before that's why uh Crash, when I saw him, you know, in one of the first trailers for Crash 4, and it's playing, like, some commercial, like, typical song you would hear in the U.S. for, like, some action movie trailer, and, you know, at the, like, near the end of it, he, like, takes a selfie, and I'm just like, gosh, this game just screams, like, like, typical what you would expect uh, you know, like what I think a lot of game developers and it it stinks as Americans, but I feel like how they market to Americans is just you know, that kind of like low bar or low brow humor. And I just, I don't know. It, it's pretty annoying. So I, I definitely understand that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, all that being said, I think the rabbits would fill a great place in like, if I was, if I was going to make this game, I'm doing tactical RPG rabbits, Mario, the rabbits would be, um, they would fill some sort of role where like Mario's got like 10 rabbits with him and he can like throw them at people or he can use them to, get a boost and jump on people or you know different moves like that similar to the way that mario and luigi had like a ton of luigis in uh in dream team use them as like some some function like that but um but yeah i just never really liked the the hodgepodge thing i mean it's funny the first time you see it where it's like oh it's a rabbit in a mario costume (laughs) and then it's like just not funny anymore um but uh but yeah i mean and speaking of characters yeah it's, it's it's um, it's a bit of a, sh- of a shame to see the website say that you'll get to choose um, uh, a team of 
nine heroes to build your dream trio because like i i just know from playing the game before that i'm i'm gonna they're gonna make me use mario every single battle i'm not gonna get a choice with that and they're gonna make me use a rabid so basically i have one choose a choose a team of mario plus a rabid that you don't want to use plus one character of your choice to play this great you know marketing adventure and that that's that's part of the game that i just you know don't appreciate it as much because it holds it back so much from a gameplay standpoint. Mario's really fun to play. He's got a good mix of like mid-range attacks. He can buff characters. He can jump off of enemies. Like he's got a cool kit. And you can never use him, Yoshi, and Luigi or Mario, Yoshi, and Peach, or so on and so forth, to build like kind of an interesting team of characters outside of the multiplayer mode. And so there's so many opportunities to combine abilities that just doesn't exist because Ubisoft wants you to know that the Rabbids exist. And well, it's like, I, I would counter and say, what's the point of even making it a Mario Rabbids crossover game? if Because nobody would play with the Rabbids if you weren't forced to in some capacity. So I kind of get that. Like, Well, and one, one so might, might go back well to the make drawing a Mario board. game at that point. One might go back to the drawing board and ask, like, why the rabbits are playable if no one wants to play them. And I think some people would play them. I think I imagine there's there's people who gravitate towards them. But the rabbits are everything else. They're the enemies in the story. They're like the reason for doing. Like they're they're shoved in so many places that you couldn't play that game and not come away with what the rabbits are and who they are and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it, I, like they they don't even need, really need to be on your team. They're they're throughout the world. They're they're every single enemy you fight um, outside of Bowser and Bowser Junior. I think at the first game, I think every other enemy was rabid, and you just don't. I mean, you don't need to do that. Rabid Cranky was funny. He, he was he was fun, but um, I, I, you know, I, and that that brings me to a question. You talking about him? I wonder if they'll do a DLC expansion again. And they'll use they'll do it for DK again. Like I just wonder, like maybe they'll just keep that that like you get the game and then you get a deal uh, DK expansion with that, and then maybe they might have like extra characters like Diddy or whoever. And uh, you know, I I don't know. I I actually kind of feel like that might be the case, but who knows? Yeah. Um... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they did because they like they brought Donkey Kong into this world and they have all those assets and Donkey Kong was honestly probably the most fun I had with the game just because the what was so cool about the game and and, and you know I've I've bashed it enough let me give it a compliment is the way that your teammates interact with each other and the way that that worked in the main game is that you could have Luigi um, jump off of Mario to get further than he otherwise would be able to. And you could kind of like, you know, plan a bit of a, a relay race to get to a certain point or to um, get an, a positional advantage on enemies. And Donkey Kong could uh, grab enemies or his teammates and like throw the enemies or teammates into different positions into each other for damage, so on and so forth. And uh, he was a lot of fun to play. And uh, yeah, I mean, who knows if they'll do anything with Donkey Kong in this one. Maybe they'll do another DLC pack, but... But yeah, the, the the biggest you know you look at a sequel like this, and and the gameplay looks pretty similar. The worlds do look more immersive, which is nice. It looks like they're finally letting Mario characters be enemies that you fight. You know, so like you never stomped on a Goomba in that entire game, 
that entire first game, but but you can do that now, and so that that might add some much needed variety to the enemy types, and um, you know all that stuff is cool, but at this point in the roster, we know seven of the nine characters. If uh, Rosalina is in the game, that means there's one. I have a I have a feeling that Bowser is going to be playable in the game, but like you're cutting characters out of the sequel if that's the case, and um, or or your Yoshi and Rabbit Yoshi are in the game, and you're not the only one you added was Rabbit Rosalina. And it's like it feels like that's kind of the low hanging fruit of like something you could do that would make the game feel fresh and new and really different, at least a lot cooler than you know really ugly Lumas with giant teeth. Yeah, I don't think Yoshi's in this game. I feel like they wouldn't have not shown him if he was. And, you know, because I remember when they announced the first game, they showed Yoshi from the get-go. So um, that's kind of disappointing to me because I, you know, it whenever Donkey Kong's not available in one of these Mario games, which I kind of prefer that anyway, I prefer when they keep DK and Mario separate in their own, like, universes aside from the spinoffs, which this is one, but... You know, Yoshi's always my next go-to guy, and so if he's not in this either, that's part of what also makes this um, sort of a lackluster thing for me is I'm like, man, I don't really... Because I don't really love Mario characters for the most part. Like, I think Bowser's cool, but I don't really love Mario. Luigi's a fun character, um, you know, but besides him, like, I just... I don't really have any interest, you know, so... Um, that's kind of a bummer to me if Yoshi isn't returning, which I don't really understand why he wouldn't, why you wouldn't just, you know, instead of nine characters, you have 12 or something and Yoshi and rabbit Yoshi are two of those. Like I, I don't really get that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the extra disappointing part is that Yoshi is the last character that you get. You get him in the, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you get him in the fourth world. So you get him in the very last world, like midway through, and so you barely get the chance to use Yoshi at all in the main game. And so they're just going to cut him from this one. Yikes. Which, again, like, I, I mean, it just feels like they, they like Mario lures you in and they're like, this is a Rabbids game. Um, I don't know. I just I, I don't like that aspect of it. That being said, I obviously like the game enough to, to play it twice. I, I really like the gameplay and uh, all the different mechanics that are at play. It feels very fun and unique. And I'm sure this game will scratch that itch as well. You don't get too many turn-based RPGs. You know, we get we get like maybe two a year in in the entire genre. Um, and I'm a big fan of of all of them. So it'll be fun. Hopefully, my boy, my boy Bowser's playable with him not being the main villain or not in an obvious way anyway, but still in the front of the box. I feel like he's uh, one of those characters, and you know, regular Rosalina is probably the other one. R.I.P. Yoshi. Maybe you can mount him or something. But um, yeah, little, just, that's that's just the part on that, and we're just like, really? Like, we, we, that's that's what we're we're going with here. We're gonna we're, we're gonna give that much uh, box art real estate to uh, a rabid wearing a uh, leather jacket and a sword. I mean, like I said again, I understand right. the rabbits because. Well, at that point, why not just make a Mario game and why have Ubisoft make it if they're not going to use anything that, you know, any of their characters or any of their properties? So, like, I get that part. I just, to me, I'm like, I I don't see why they would limit the number of characters. And I mean, they probably could. Yoshi. I mean, Square Enix made a, made a Mario RPG game. Yeah, but I'm not going to uh, knock it for, like, I don't know. I just think, you know, why do... I, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with something not being like super, you know, like, what am I trying to say? Uh, you know, just like it just being this Mario centric game because like we get Mario all the time. So like, I don't, I don't really mind it if it's something different than, you know, yeah, what I guess, we get in I guess Mario it, games all the time. I guess what it seems like is like, it's like, uh, it's like they're making a game NBA all-star team and they've got like, they've got LeBron James with someone with the D league and they're like on the box art standing right next to each other. And it, it's just, it's just a little weird. I mean, I, I'm like, like I said, I think the rabbits are, are fine as, as their own thing. Uh, but, but like, you know, what even are rabbits? Like they're not, they're not these like, you know, leather jacket wearing sword warriors and they're not, you know, Mario cosplayers. You don't see the regular rabbits except in the backgrounds of, uh, of each level. And I'm just like, use those guys. They're fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it feel it. And I don't know. You'll, you'll have to like give the game a shot sometime and see if, see if you feel like the, the mashup is, is weird. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it, it could have been handled better. And yeah, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I don't mean to be that guy, but if this was a game with no rabbits and it was just Mario going on a space adventure with guns, uh, I would be way more excited for it. I, I just like, n- not that I don't like rabbits. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure rabbits are fine. They're pretty funny. I, I thought the rabbits tie-ins to um, the Rayman mobile game was, was really funny. And I, I liked that. I, I think they're, they make great enemies to chase around on a map or uh, to do mini games with. But, um, but yeah, in this game, it just, it, the, the mashup feels weird and it still feels weird. Yeah. I don't but know. I love the I mean- game. So I'm excited for it. Like I said, I just to me, I you know, at the, I don't I don't need it just to be a Mario game. I think it's fine that you know Ubisoft's making it and they put in their own characters. I just to me, I'd rather it be Rayman if anything. But um, you know, and that ta- that and that team would feel. I mean, it's just a matter like like look at that box art. You take out the rabid uh, the, with a with a cell phone docked into her gun, uh, and you put Rayman there. And it's like, oh, cool crossover. Hey, you, you take out the weird leather jacket one, you, you put Glowbox there or a Teensy there. And then you could have, like, corrupted Teensies be the enemies. Or you could have space. Like, I don't know. It's just like it, it seems like they, they picked the wrong series to kind of cross it over with. But um, I don't know. I And I, I could totally be in the minority with that. I mean, I'm not saying it's, like, wrong or bad to like it. I, I just, uh, it's, it. It hasn't clicked for me. It still uh, doesn't, but I'm I'm excited to play the game for uh, for the gameplay elements, and uh, that's I guess all there is to say about it. Hopefully, the character, the rest of the roster. I hope they're lying, or they do. You know, the Ubisoft thing of just like season pass, six more characters added. Uh, I, I bet they're going to do that to kind of you know milk milk the game a little bit more. So that's, uh, we're beating that topic to death. Let's move on, Matthew. Are you ready? Yep. Rumor Roundup. So on uh, the back end of the show, we're going to share our hopes and dreams, some predictions for E3. But in the meantime, let's just tackle all the stuff that is kind of floating around the web 
it's been leaked or it's been talked about or it's been hinted at. Uh, let's start with um, with Kirby. We've had a lot of things uh, stirring in the pot for Kirby. Some of the directors say that it's uh, it's time to really rethink the franchise and bring it to a new level. Uh, Star Allies seemed like it was a game that was really like looking back on the entire series, had fan service from everything from the original Game Boy game in the in the form of a bonus stage to uh, playable versions of the final boss of a bunch of different Kirby games. A cool send-off for fans, for sure. And um, and some job listings and some listings inside of the assets of uh, the last Kirby Fighters game that, that seems to allude to a 3D Kirby game. What do you think about all this, Matthew? Are we seeing this Kirby game at E3? I don't think so. I... Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think that's the case only because didn't how laboratory just move into Nintendo's main building? Like, wasn't that sometime last year? I don't think it was terribly long ago, but I know they grew their team and they moved into the Nintendo main headquarters building. And I, I don't know. I just feel like they probably, if they were going to make a move like that, it was probably in between projects. Um, and I don't know if, that's the case, and I don't know if that has any precedent. It did in that July be... of 2020. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't know if that has any precedent. Like, maybe you can move in the middle of developing a game. I don't know, but it seems like you would make you would maybe finish what you're working on, then make a major move like that, and uh, you know, start something fresh from the new headquarters. But um, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think that it'll be at E3 um, because I think. For one, just the other games that are being rumored that are going to be there, I think, uh, are more likely to happen sooner. Because you got to think there's there's a, a 2D Metroid, there's the rumored DK game, which sounds like it's all but confirmed. There's still Metroid Prime 4, there's still the sequel to uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, I don't know. I, I, and then Bayonetta 3, that's already a couple of games right there that I feel like have a better chance of being shown than a Kirby game we've never seen before um, that's going to be, or that sounds like it might be really ambitious because I have heard, there was one rumor I remember reading that said there were three Kirby games in development and like one of them's 2D, one of them's 3D, one of them's a spinoff. I have no idea how accurate that rumor is, but I remember hearing that sometime last year and it, it sounds like they have a lot of big plans, but I don't know. I just have a gut feeling that it's not going to be part of this presentation but i will say if they're they are making a 3d kirby game i would be um, extremely excited for that but you know the main reason they're not going to show a 3d kirby game here is because we're going to be you know they're going to focus on the 3d donkey kong game that they're making right (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah i mean i i don't know it's 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 weird uh to ever like nobody hounds over Kirby like they do every other Nintendo franchise. I think we just kind of all know that they're going to keep making them and that there's going to be one that comes every few years. And what's, I do feel changes in the air. I feel like star allies in a lot of ways was kind of like a send off to the Kirby formula that hasn't changed significantly since the original title on game boy. And while I can appreciate that, people who like Kirby as well as like a new generation of people who need a more accessible platform to get into are able to experience those every few years. I also think that um, it is time for Kirby to do something 
different in the mainline series of games. There's plenty of Kirby spinoffs that are awesome. I'm talking Kirby's Blowout Blast, Kirby the Fighters, even back to the early days of like Kirby's Avalanche, Kirby's Dream Course. There's always been cool spinoffs. But I would really love to see a camera-shifted 3D perspective version of, of Kirby. And that type of game would be excellent for what Kirby was originally designed for. You gotta go back and remember that that the reason Kirby was was made the way that it was, it was supposed to be an accessible 2D platformer that that someone who's really young could actually see their way through to the end. The funny thing is that, you know, you go back to that Game Boy game, it's actually pretty hard compared to uh, some of the games that people make now. But, um, but that was the purpose. And I think that a 3D Kirby could serve a similar purpose. Uh, I'll share an anecdotal story. My, my son is, uh, is like almost three and, uh, likes messing around with, with Mario Odyssey. And I mean, he he, he can't really do anything. I mean, you know, he doesn't really get the whole, like move the stick and jump and all that stuff. And a character like Kirby could really give, um, you know, young minds a, a place to, to play in and, and not, um, you know, have, be constantly like falling off the ledge or attacked by enemies and things like that. And so, I'd be really, really interested to see what they would do with a 3D Kirby. And I've been fascinated by that idea ever since uh, City Trial. You remember that on the on the GameCube yeah. on uh, Kirby Air Ride, where you would be able to hop off your bike in certain segments and and just run around and jump as Kirby. I remember I used to just like roam around that city on foot. There's not really anything to do; <laughs> just kind of like jump around. But I used to like doing that because we just did not have a 3D Kirby, and we still don't. That's crazy. So I'm ready for it. But yes, I do agree that we are probably not seeing that thing this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, to me, I just, again, I feel like from all the insiders who usually have at least a general beat on what type of content we're going to get, I haven't heard anything about Kirby showing up at E3. I don't think from anybody. And so I, I think there would at least be one or two people talking about it if if it was if it had a chance of showing up. And that doesn't mean it, it won't. I mean, I, I don't trust leakers as far as I can throw them. But uh, I think, you know, there's some things you can tell when somebody got some lick of information when a bunch of different people with different sources are talking about it. And like I said, I've heard a lot of Kirby game rumors. I haven't heard anything about it being, you know, something that's imminent. So I just don't think it's going to happen yet, but I'm really excited for what that possibly could be. If it does happen to be 3d, um, just because, uh, we don't get enough of those games in the first place, but also I think Kirby is one of those franchises that uh, they don't do enough with. You know, there's a YouTube content creator that I really like who made a video that was criticizing how stale Kirby's been for a long time. And as much as I love Kirby, I agree with it. Uh, just because it's it's not that they're bad games. It's just there's so much missed potential. And I think every once in a while you get like a Kirby's Return to Dreamland, which I personally find to be a really fun Kirby game that's pretty difficult. It's fast-paced. And then you get something like Star Allies that I think is fun, but it's just so vanilla. You know, I... I like, it doesn't really do anything that Kirby hasn't already done, you know, obviously there was like the star or the, the star ally abilities and things like that. So obviously there are things they've never done before, but I just think it's, it's also, um, basic, you know, they're, they're, they're never really like pushing that series, I think as far as they could. And I'm, I, I'm hoping they, 
they do that because I do love Kirby, especially the old Kirby games, like, you know, Superstar, the original, uh, Return to Dreamland. You know, I just think, um, you know, it, it, they should be able to whip up something good if they uh, flip it to 3D, I would think. But I, I also worry if maybe that's a little too ambitious sometimes, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see because, yeah, 3D is just naturally more confusing. You have to control a camera, which is tough for the young minds these games are aimed at. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the like I said, the, the formula hasn't really changed in a significant way ever since Kirby Superstar. And that's why that, that game has stayed uh, such a gem in the series because in a lot of ways they haven't really surpassed it yet. I mean, the Great Cave Offensive was like a Metroidvania-style Kirby game, and they've just never really done that uh, outside of it except for The Amazing Mirror, which is why that's also a, a tra- cherished entry in the series for me. But, of course, it's kind yeah, of hard to so play because many... you got to have four Game Boys and four copies of the game. Yeah, there's so many great Kirby games like those two. And like I said, I personally love Return to Dreamland. I think that's a super underrated Kirby game and it's just weird because Star Allies is the same type of Kirby game that that is but it's it's almost like they just do everything just at the same but less fun I don't even know how to describe it but um it's it's always been super perplexing to me Star Allies there's just like too much going on and a lot of the gameplay elements are more like one player they're not taking advantage of four people um but yeah, I suppose that's a that's a discussion for another day. But I, I really like in the Kirby franchise something like Ratchet and Clank, where it's like it hasn't fundamentally changed much at all over the years. It's just like stayed solid. But you know, we've been playing the newest Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and they're making some you know pretty fundamental changes to the gameplay formula, and it's nice. I like it. I want to see more. And uh, it's time for Kirby to to breathe a little fresh air into the series. And, you know, you can always go back to those side-scrolling ones. They've got the formula down. They could pop another one of those out pretty easily if they wanted to. Um, But, yeah, uh, I'd I'd be surprised if we saw it this year as well. Moving on, we have got uh, a supposed Metroid... Well, let's let's have a point of, uh, of levity and humor in this first. Are we seeing... Anything with Metroid Prime. I saw a, a joke tweet of leaked D3 plans that they're going to show a different logo for Metroid Prime 4. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm thinking. I, I think we're going to get a close-up of Samus's helmet with uh, her breathing on, and they're going to be like, coming uh, out uh, sometime this decade. No, I actually, I actually think there's going to be some sort of trailer for that game. And I think if they hadn't preemptively announced it, back when it went through its development problems with Bandai Namco and then moved to Retro Studios. I think if they hadn't already announced it, they might not. But I think just because we already know the game's coming, we've known about its existence since 2017, I believe. So I just think because of that, like at this point, they're going to show us something. I don't think it'll be anything exceptional just because... I don't think Retro Studios has been working on it for that long because obviously it started in 2017, but I think it took, what, like two years before it moved to Retro Studios. So it, it, it hasn't been worked on that long, but I just think just because we already know the game exists, I think they're going to give us something just to marvel over. And I think it might be some cinematic trailer. It might be like a small snippet of gameplay. I don't think that signifies whether or not the game is close to being done or not, but I just think, you know, they might appease the fans that way. Um, you know, and again, it, I mean, look at the sequel to 
Breath of the Wild. A lot of people don't expect that to be shown at E3, and I'm like, why not? They announced the game two years ago. Why wouldn't you show something? Like, why? And I I feel like the reason they announced that game in 2019 is because they had a really weak E3 outside of that in Banjo coming to Smash. But I just think even then, like, like at this point, we know the game exists. Just show us something, you know? Like, to think that they don't have enough progress, to think that enough progress hasn't been made on that game you know, to show people literally, like, I don't know, a minute-long trailer to me is absurd. I never get that thinking where, you know, why would they show something to the sequel to Breath of the Wild? I mean, the game's only been in development for over two years now. I mean, like, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, same thing with Metroid Prime 4. Like, it's been in development for at least... I, I would have to double-check when Retro Studios took over development of that game, but I would venture to say it's been at least two years so to, well, Breath of the Wild Two has been since 2017. No, no, no. So we're, well, I'm talking about since they announced it, but that, that right, that, which even furthers my point though is that like, you know, like that game had already been in development for a few years. So if you think they're not going to show you something in this direct, like I just think is absurd. Even if the game is another year off, and I really think that for Metroid Prime Four as well, I think we're going to get some sort of look at what the game's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to be. Um, and who knows? That might even be the focal point of the Direct. That's kind of my prediction is that they're going to open up with some look at Metroid Prime 4. Um, kind of like Xbox last year opened up with a look at Halo, which unfortunately for them didn't go so well. But um, I think it yeah, could be I, like that. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I don't think we're hearing... I don't think we're going to hear the words Metroid and Prime used in the same sentence. <laughs> Unless it's unless it's one of those statements like Aonuma gave at the last Nintendo Direct, where like we're working on Zelda Breath of the Wild too. You probably want to see it, but no, go away. Buy this Wii game instead. Uh, <clears throat> and I mean, Breath of the Wild too also is just a bit of an enigma because yeah, it's it's about time for that to release. That this game should not have taken five years to make. Um, you know, obviously they're repurposing assets. There's a lot of. Uh, you know, sort of developer interview evidence to suggest that they're going to use the same Hyrule as a base and, like, build on top of it. So there's no reason that game should take as long as the first one did to make, because they had to conceptualize everything and test it and test it and test it and bug fix and bug fix with the first one. And this one, they're they're building on that. There's no way that this should have taken this long, but here we are. And so, obviously, there's something that's that's gone terribly wrong with breath of the wild 2 on the development side of things and you know who knows when we'll we'll hear that story but i i don't know like if i i think they're probably aiming for february or march of uh, next year but i don't know if they're gonna hit that it'll be funny if it it's hits the same time as the next uh, horizon game because they they hit at the same time I'm I'm so interested to see with Breath of the Wild too how much how much that sells and and just to you know hold me to it I, last week I said if if it breaks 10 million units in the first year I will eat a can of beans while we do one of these podcasts and because I just I don't know if it's happening I I and it seems like with all these problems that either you know. I think they're probably performance problems holding them back. I, I think they're they're having a tr- uh, they're probably having trouble holding the game at at thirty frames per second, um, or they're having trouble with like the concept of the game. But 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're seeing anything with uh, with Breath of the Wild. And, and here's well, on, here's I, why. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a Zelda discussion, but I mean, you know, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Well, no, well, I'm just saying I don't want to like lose track of the point here, you know. But well, yeah, I mean, you brought it up to, to be fair. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I just it was just to, we'll, okay. To, well, to make a we'll point. come back to. We'll come back to the Zelda thing. Um, so Metroid Prime, you think we're going to see some some semblance of that? I I don't. Uh, the other rumor is that that two D Metroid. There's some sort of two D Metroid game that well, will I, be I, um, released this year. Did, did you have more to say about Prime? No, I, well, that's what that that's what I was trying to say for uh, a little bit. Was that Metroid Prime Four restarted development in January of 2019, or at least that's when they made the announcement that it was moving to Retro Studios. So. I mean, it. if we just assume it started in January of 2019, which I would assume it probably started a little bit before then, and, uh, you know, Reggie had commented in 2018 in the summer that the progress had been going well under Bandai Namco, so who's to say, like, you know, they didn't even just reuse any of the stuff that they made, who knows, um, at like as a template or anything like that, but, you know, if we just assume it's been two and a half years to think that you can't show literally anything. And, and, you know, I know on Nintendo operates where a lot of times they want to, I think I read that they want to wait until they have something to wow people with. But again, if you can't wow people with just some, you know, like the sequel to breath of the wild trailer, I didn't think was very good, but people liked it. I didn't really care about it just because I don't really care about one. I don't really care about Zelda Two, I don't really care about a sequel to that game because I think it's unnecessary, but I think it was a trailer that people really liked. So I, I think we'll get something like that for prime four. Yeah, I guess I, I mean, in recently they have been doing this sort of thing with, you look at the, the last uh, chunk of major releases from uh, Mario golf coming up, uh, Skyward Sword and uh, what was that other game? Uh, Paper Mario the Origami King. They were all announced like within a few months of them coming out full trailer, full like feature breakdown. The game's like, you know, 90% done. It's going to be ready to go. It's it's going to hit that launch that they're talking about and pre-orders go up and there's some momentum. That's, I feel like how it makes sense to market a game. I really don't understand this whole like we're gonna come out with a game in like eight years and it's gonna knock your socks off fella i really don't understand that the the more i heard about breath of the wild the less i cared and that's how i feel about um sony's marketing of god of war first it was like here's a logo woo woo now now it's on playstation 4 woo it's like i, I just you know so many companies just uh let let everything out way too soon and um and it seems like either nintendo's pivoting to not do that anymore or that was something that they adopted during the whole um pandemic as a strategy to to like you know try and move more units by uh really controlling like what was on the marketing channels but um yeah that's that's why i don't think because metroid prime 4 is probably still at least two more years out probably three uh, I like sure retro's making it, and they made the other ones, but they've they've never made Metroid in HD, and uh, to my understanding, it doesn't seem like they've made a first person game in HD yet. So, 
that's going to be a bit of a learning curve as well as um, all the people who made Metroid Prime left in, in, in between. Like, I wonder how many are, are actually left because they went to a bunch of other, other studios with, with different companies as people like move around. I mean, the, the, the guy who was, whose expertise were in like shooter games and he was following that career path and, you know, he didn't stick around for two Donkey Kong entries and whatever else they were making. Um, so I don't know. I I don't think it's like when when they said retro is taking over. It's like that's cool, but like retro isn't the same company they were what ten years ago. Well, that's, and that's so always I, been. I don't think it's going to move that fast. That's always been my point. Is I I never understood the fascination when you know it was announced that Tropical Freeze was being made and uh, you know people didn't like that. Why aren't they making Metroid Prime Four? I'm like, you do realize most of the team that worked on Metroid Prime Four is no longer with. Retro Studios. At that point in time, I think it was literally a handful of people. So I've never understood the fascination with it's. It's kind of like people these days who still dream of man. Maybe one day, like Naughty Dog, can make another Crash Bandicoot or another Jack and Daxter. And I, I always say it's like you know, and they might make another Jack and Daxter uh, because it still belongs to them. But I just think the the, the 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 people that work there now are not any of the same people that worked there then. Maybe outside of like one or two people, and so. I just think you're you're not getting you're you're getting the same like studio logo and title behind the game, but you're not nothing else is the same. So I just never have understood that. Um, but I know you started talking about 2D Metroid, which is the rumor that seems to be picking up a a lot of steam that we could see uh, a Metroid game that's 2D that comes out. Uh, like, you know, sometime around the holiday, maybe in like October or a month like that. But, um, yeah, I, I could totally see them doing a, a re-release or remake of either, um, Samus Returns or one of the Game Boy games or something like that. I don't, I don't foresee any like super ambitious 2D Metroid game being in development just cause like you gotta ask yourself if you're Nintendo, why put that much effort into Metroid when it never really like reaps the rewards? And that's why it's always it, they've been these like safe bets or these kind of soft promises. And Metroid Prime Four will will hit its numbers, but um, I don't imagine Samus Returns did particularly well being on a dying system uh, and being a you know tethered to being like a remake of a Game Boy game. It seems like they they don't want to take any big risks with metroid after other m but uh i'd love to see i'd love to see it metroid is a fantastic series the 2d games are super cool there is an incredibly vibrant indie genre of games that are literally based on metroid they you know it's (laughs) it'd be cool but i don't know like it's like i hear that people say that something's coming out now now if we're getting like an up res samus returns Okay, I could totally see that, but but a brand new uh, 3D Metroid game, I'll believe when I see it. I I just I don't even like I I don't know. Too good to be true. <laughs> That's what I say. What's too good to be true? That they're making, like, a, a new 2D Metroid that's going to come out on Switch this year. Oh, I mean, I don't think that's too good to be true. I think that, you know, I, I don't think they've, you know... Even as mildly successful as Metroid is, I don't think they've ever shied away from making the 2D games. It seems like those have always been somewhat consistent, uh, or at least in recent years, you know, with Other M and then getting Samus Returns and all the Game Boy Advance games that we got. Uh, you know, I 
I don't think it would be that unexpected to get a 2D game that, you know, has a pretty narrow scope, uh, you know, which means you probably don't have to pour like millions and millions of dollars into development. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true whatsoever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, so yeah, other, other M came out, but like, as far as the, the traditional side scrolling, uh, Metroid games, I, I think it was, um, there was fusion or zero mission on the GBA. And between that and the 3ds, there was nothing, no side scrolling Metroid. And then the first one they come back with was, um, you know, probably the easiest remake possible. They remade a game boy game. Well, and there's so, like, other the, M. I mean, you know, it's I not mean, if only, you count that as like a side scrolling, but well, but I'm saying like, like, I mean, they're pretty distinct. I don't, I don't think other M is, is very similar to, um, to the type of Metroid game that, that seems to be making the rounds of, uh, of people's predictions here. Uh, that was more of like a 3d action game, but, um, but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, I, they, I mean, you know, even even if you count like other image, just like we're talking about, like skipping like a few systems of uh, not having a two D game, and that used to be kind of the GameCube era was awesome for Metroid. You had Prime really killing it on the GameCube for this cool three D experience, and then you had these awesome sprite based Game Boy Advance ones like Fusion and Zero Mission. It was a good time to be a Metroid fan, but uh, it's been rough ever since then. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. I, if if it's Samus Returns, I won't be surprised. If it's anything else, I I will my jaw will be on the ground, and I I will pick that up day one. Because um, I, I liked Samus Returns, but I I feel like the uh, the melee mechanic kind of um kind of ruined the game for for me. Like every every enemy tries to charge you instead of like you know the the more like traditional Metroid gameplay that I I'd like. What I'd really love, I don't, I don't know if this makes me lame, but I would love a. a an upgrade of of Super Metroid. If they could like remake Super Metroid kind of in the style, the graphical style of Bravely Default, ooh, that'd be nice. Preserve the sprites while still like adding fog effects and stuff. That would be amazing. Yeah, I, I y- But that game will never exist. <laughs> yeah, I it's funny because I remember hearing a rumor that they thought Samus Returns was gonna come to the Switch like some time ago. There was I think even wasn't there a, a promotional art picture that was used that showed Samus Returns on a Switch? I remember hearing a lot about that on YouTube I think, channels. I think there was some sort of fluke, but um, but yeah, I did see that. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they just put that on there and and make it look appropriate for the Switch because obviously that looks, you know like 100% like a 3DS game, but I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Nintendo after Super Mario 3D All-Stars if they just, you know, moved it to another console and left it as is, but... Yeah, I mean, they they brought uh, Hyrule Warriors from the 3DS to the Switch. I mean, that was the move for most of the content because they... Um, the version that's on the Switch is the 3DS one, not the not the Wii U one with all the, like, extra characters. Like, the, I don't think they ever came to the Wii U version, uh, like Linkle. And all that stuff. So I mean, they they've done it before, and they've done cross. Uh, you know, S- Sushi Strikers was a 3DS slash Switch game. Fire Emblem Warriors was too. So I mean, they've done cross development between those two systems before. So that's that's what I expect is that we're just gonna get that nice little like here's your Metroid. Be quiet for three years while we make um you know Metroid Prime Four and delay it three more times, 
and uh, uh, <laughs> or they could pull, they could, they could, uh, they could stop being cowards and release what we really want: Federation Force with online play on the Switch. Let's go. Yeah, that's definitely what the fan base has been asking for. Uh, now, I, um, you know, like I said, I, I think we're actually going to see some metroid presence at e3 because it's funny i don't think nintendo really cares about anniversaries but obviously there's been you know they've been doing some stuff for the zelda 35th anniversary and a lot of people forget it's also metroid's 30th anniversary it's donkey kong's 40th anniversary uh you know so i I wouldn't be surprised if those are kind of like the main franchises that have a presence at e3 because we already have mario golf coming i don't know if they would make another mario game announcement with that right around the corner but also just because it doesn't i don't know if any other mario game is coming out but uh, you know with nintendo i'm sure there's you know 12 of them planned um but you know it, it it wouldn't shock me um if it focused more along those uh franchises because i think we'll see the sequel to breath of the wild i do think we'll see some metroid prime 4 and then a 2d metroid i wouldn't be surprised about and then obviously the dk game i think that's going to have a presence there too yeah i don't know it's, it's ambitious it's ambitious i'm It'd be like I'm not, the best e3 of all time it would be i mean and they to be fair they have kind of set a precedence for that that's it reminds me of the 2010 e3 where we got uh country returns and other m in the same presentation yeah and um, you know 2013 they've had some e3s like i remember 2013 was a really good e3 as well so i mean like they they do have them because i think wasn't 2013 the one with 3d world tropical freeze smash for wii u like that that one had just so many great announcements um, yeah, and, so, and conceivably they should be able to execute this level of a vision because they've had so many people just brushing up Wii U games and bringing them over. That's so many more teams of people that are just doing nothing. Oh yeah, and, that, and, and then you, you're not even supporting the 3DS. So you're bringing all the 3DS people onto the Switch, and so there's all these extra hands working in the kitchen, and. Most of what you're releasing is just stuff you made on the Wii U, and then you just like spit on it and then you know charge ten more dollars for it and uh, and put it out and like you know they they have to have been working on something. Well, and and, so and we could see a, a a deluge of just awesome first party games, but I don't. I don't yeah, know. I mean, and that's what it, it that's what I've been saying for the longest too. Is I just feel like there hasn't been for I feel like since the beginning of 2019 there hasn't been. You know, because that's when they started going away more so from the traditional directs. I remember just, what was it? Was it uh, 2020 where it felt like all we got was uh, a, a definitive edition of Xenoblade, uh, uh, Animal Crossing, and uh, there was something over the summer. What was it? Paper Mario? It just feels like for a long time, and you know, I know other people look at it differently, but I can't remember the last time there was... And then a Nintendo announcement or like a series of announcements that really surprised me or, um, you know, like it, it feels like there's just been these one offs every once in a while, kind of like the Paper Mario Origami King where they just announced it in a tweet one day, you know, so I I think they're long overdue. I've been saying it for a while now, but I just feel like like you said with to me, the lack of first party games outside of wii u ports there really hasn't been that many and so i'm like if if you don't have it if it's not now it's never because i just don't see how this much time could go past without really having too many first party games and you still have nothing 
You know, like I, I just would be very shocked, especially with how well the Switch is doing. I feel like this is the time to strike to try new, try new, making new IPs, try reviving old ones, you know, try making as many games as possible because this is the time where you're going to build up interest in different things better than you would, uh, you know, with another opportunity, like, like the Wii U, you know, trying to bring back Star Fox, you know, like just, it's not going to work there, but it would work really well on the Switch, I would assume. So um, I, I, I do have, you know, high hopes for the C3, but every time I do, I'm disappointed. So, you know, I'm, I'm halfway <laughs> expecting that too, because I don't feel like there's been a really captivating E3 in a long time, but you know, if it's not now, especially with the pandemic situation, um, you know, essentially canceling any announcements last year. Uh, I just think, you know, this is the perfect time for it. So, so getting back to breath of the wild too, uh, you think we're going to see a lot from it. I, um, I mean, we, and we got into this a little bit before, so we don't need to regurgitate too much of that conversation, but I don't think we're seeing much of it. And I don't think we're getting a release date. Um, mostly just because of timing, either they, show uh, Breath of the Wild 2 in a significant way and really damage any interest in any, like, other re-releases or compilations or other low-effort anniversary celebrations for Zelda. Uh, Or they just, like, hold it back and, you know, people wait and they'll they'll still be excited for Breath of the Wild 2 next year. Because you think about it, like, all the stuff that's going on with, with, um, you know, the Zelda anniversary, and uh, unlike... Uh, Metroid and Yoshi and Donkey Kong and uh, Kirby and Star Fox and F-Zero and uh, every other Nintendo franchise, Zelda is one of the two franchises where the anniversary matters. And so they've got something something planned with GameStop. The The posters have leaked where it's they're, they're going to give out posters the day of E3. Um, people are speculating that they're... Um, they're gonna, you know, re-release the game, the the Wind Waker HD, the Skyward, uh, the the Twilight Princess, and I could totally see them throwing up both of those games uh, for fifty to sixty dollars a pop. Uh, I could see them doing a um, a, a master collection, kind of like they did on the GameCube, where you can play the sixty four games. I could see them selling uh, any one of those individually, and. I don't think they're going to be like there's there's such a thing as like too much happening in one year and we've already got Skyward Sword coming out a month after. I feel like if you show uh Breath of the Wild 2 a month before Skyward Sword, interest in Skyward Sword just it disappears. And they've got like an entire amiibo um that's going along with the with Skyward Sword that's going to take up shelf space and pr- conceivably they're going to do some amiibo line with Breath of the Wild 2 as well. And maybe even some bring back some of the anniversary amiibo. So I just I don't I don't know. It seems like there's that that'd be like too much Zelda stuff happening at once to really make sense from uh, from a marketing perspective. But um, but I don't know. What what are your closing thoughts on the, the the Breath of the Wild thing? Well, I was gonna say the the sequel to Breath of the Wild. I don't think it'll have a huge presence at E three. I think they might just show something just to satiate people a little bit um, because it's been again, two years since we've heard anything about that game. And so I think they might just give people something to nibble on, or maybe they'll reveal more details about what the story is going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they have some short gameplay demonstration of it, but 
Um, I, I don't think it's coming out this year, though. It seems like there's a lot of rumors that have picked up steam that this game is going to be released this year, and I just don't believe that because of what you said, too. I just think, why release Skyward Sword in what? What is it coming out in July? And then you're going to have another Zelda game come out, like, three or four months later. I just think now you're you're negatively affecting that game because, you know, I think Zelda's proven to be one of Nintendo's more success, uh, successful franchises. And I just think, you know, if you release that sequel, you know, within a few months of the Skyward Sword remaster, I mean, once that next game comes out, who's going to care about Skyward Sword? You know, that's the way I look at it. I wouldn't be surprised if a trailer, because I, you think that it would diminish interest in Skyward Sword. I think it could go one of two ways. I think it could either diminish interest like you're saying, or it could make people like, you know, want it so bad that they want to get their Zelda fix with something in the meantime, which could actually benefit Skyward Sword. Uh, so I don't think showing it is out of the question. I just think it releasing this year sounds you know, silly to me. I think that would be a poor business decision on Nintendo's part. You know, and I know most of video game sales are very early on when it comes out, but the Switch has proven that a lot of these games tend to sell well as time goes on as well. And so I just think I, you know, why would you want to release a, you know, an actual new Zelda game when you're releasing a port, you know, a couple months before then? I just, yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be yeah, odd. Yeah, I mean, it goes... It goes into, and I think that's partially why Nintendo isn't selling Mario Galaxy or 64 or Sunshine in any other way after that limited release, because it clogs up what kind of Mario game you're looking for if you're looking for a mainline Mario game. And I think that that is a real thing. I mean, um, the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess re-releases worked like, okay on the Wii U because they there was there was no Zelda game. We never got a Wii U Zelda game until the Wii U was dead. And so uh and even even in that um Wind Waker <clears throat> didn't break 3 million and I don't think Skyward Sword or, or uh what what's it called Twilight Princess even broke um I don't even think it broke 2 million. And so I mean there there is such a thing as like too much going on on one system and that and I think honestly that Nintendo's probably sitting on Mario Kart 9. They've got like the concept, they've got all the renders, they've got like most of it done, but they, they you know, what are they going to do? Release it now and cannibalize Mario Kart 8 sales where they they're just not having to do anything and they're making hand over fist money. I just don't see it. Well, I, I agree um, with that. I mean, but I, I will say the major difference between Mario Kart and this is that Mario Kart's one of those games that once you release a sequel for most casual uh, video game goers, you know, once the new one's out, there's no reason to play the, the last one. You know, once there's a Mario Kart 9, there's no reason to go back and want to buy Mario Kart 8 if you don't already have it or haven't already played it. You would just play the latest version because that's the type of game it is where I would say... The Legend of Zelda, you know, those games being that they're all their own adventures, they all play different to a certain extent. I think there would still be a reason for playing both games. I don't think one would necessarily cannibalize the other. The only way I could see that is in the scenario that I presented where I think if you release them incredibly close together, once that sequel to Breath of the Wild is released, I don't think there's many people who are going to, 
you know, be of the mindset that, man, I really have a hankering to play a port of a Wii game right now. You know, they're going to want to play the the new Zelda. And so I just think that's why it makes more sense to me, especially with some of the other rumors we've gotten, because it seems like this holiday season for Nintendo could be very jam-packed. And so I just think it makes more sense to to hold Zelda off until next holiday, you know, because we've already got that Pokemon game coming out in November. Um, you know, it, it sounds like this Metroid game, the 2D game, if it is real, it sounds like the the uh, time frame could be sometime in October. And then, you know, and we haven't talked about the Donkey Kong rumor again yet on this show, but a lot of people are speculating that would be a holiday release title for this year, which I think makes a lot more sense. Um, so when you when when you think about it like that, I just think it's already you know pretty crowded. And obviously, that's assuming about Metroid and Donkey Kong, but you get the point. Yeah, uh, I mean, you make a good point about Mario Kart being kind of a different type of game. Like you know, it's not like you just there are people checking into Breath of the Wild every day playing online. Um, that is definitely a good point. At the same time, um, you know, I just do think that that there's like such a thing as like you know, if there's just so many different Zelda games that are available, um, then I think that that sort of clogs the marketing. And the way that they're doing Switch releases, I think, hurts them in one respect there because like Skyward Sword being on the Wii U didn't really eat into the sales of any other Zelda game that was on the Wii U because it was in its own little box. This was like the virtual console, your place to access old games. But what they're doing with the Switch is like, oh, no, this is like a Switch game now. It's it's like a fully fledged. Uh, and I, I think in certain respects, it's like it's a bad decision to make because you make Mario 64 available on some sort of virtual console and it'd be just selling the gangbusters every day. But you put it next to, you know, that or like Mario Odyssey. And it's like, yeah, kind of kind of gets in the in the way, I think, in some sense. But, um, but I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Uh it's uh it it'll be interesting to see but yeah I, I also don't think I don't think it's coming this year I don't think it's coming um before March I think uh, earliest you'll see it, it releases is next summer maybe next fall but um but yeah I mean we've just seen absolutely nothing about the game and uh the way that Zelda games have been developed in the past it makes me think that they're not just like waiting for some like cool moment to show it off they're probably just having trouble developing it just like well i wouldn't um, say that because i feel like these days nintendo does make announcements or show updates on games very close to their release date i mean think about how they've been doing that recently super smash bros ultimate is a perfect example of that where the first time you heard about it was in Fet the end of February, and that game came out later that year in November, or sorry, the beginning of December, I think. Um, but I feel like that's how they've been doing it more and more often. And and like I said, we'll get into the DK rumor stuff again. But a lot of people, we haven't seen anything about that game, but a lot of people think if it gets announced at this E3, it's going to be a holiday title for this year. And, you know, that was the case. We were talking about 2013's E3 and how great that was. It's essentially the case for Mario 3D World and Tropical Freeze. They were both supposed to release that year, and then Tropical Freeze got pushed back to February, which my conspiracy theory always with that is that they're like, we want Mario to have the holiday slot and then have something for a couple months later. And they had less faith in DK, so they gave that the February slot. But, um... I, I think that's typically how they do things. So I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, this Zelda game was ready to roll at the end of this year if they waited until now to show it. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked in the least bit. 
Because why well, why even show an update, you know, if it's still a long ways away, except other than for the reasons I was saying before is just to kind of satiate people um, since they've been, you know, dying to hear something about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how they'll market it when it when it is close to being ready to go. I just don't think that time is now. And what I mean to say when I say, uh, like, you look at what they've done contextually is, like, specifically with Zelda, Twilight Princess had um, had so many development problems that they, they turned that into a cross-gen Wii slash GameCube game. Uh, Breath of the Wild, same story. It got delayed so many times that they put it on the Switch. Uh you look at, um, like, something... I'm sure Skyward Sword had trouble development, and it, there's just, like, a history of these 3D Zelda games that just not coming together um, very efficiently. And it's been... it. It's like... I think we're going on... Uh, we're past the four-year mark with... with de- like, this game should have been out by now. Uh, but for some reason, it isn't. And... I know it'll be interesting to see, but but yeah, I I don't think we're getting it before. I don't think we're getting it within this this entire next year, uh, because yeah, I mean, it, and um, there there seems to be some other games that that seem to be ready to go, uh, and they'll have more than enough Zelda stuff to kind of like satiate the appetite of of these uh, ravenous Zelda fans that are just waiting for something to to spend all their money on. <laughs> I see all these tweets. Please, Nintendo, please bring these Wii U games to Switch so I can buy them again. It's like, just buy them on your Wii U. Yeah, I mean, I, cool. I, that's one thing I'll always be critical of Nintendo fans about is they, they seem to be the biggest victims of nostalgia more than anybody. And I just think there's a lot of Nintendo people where if you told them they weren't going to get any new games ever, but they're just going to keep releasing old Super Mario and Legend of Zelda games. There's a huge part of Nintendo's current fan base that would be absolutely okay with that, which is just mind-boggling to me that, you know, it's like, I can't wait to play the same Mario and Zelda games I've already played 15 times. It's just such a weird... Like, I don't get excited about ports. That's just me. I don't... Like, once I've played a game, unless it's a complete remaster, like the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, unless it's something where you're taking a game and making it look completely current-gen, and it's, like, 20 years old, sure, I'll take that. Otherwise, I'm not interested. Um, But anywho. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I could be entirely wrong and that could be their big holiday game but what i do think is going to be their big holiday game is uh, a, a donkey kong um i don't know i've gone back and forth on this and i i you know it's funny i've been um people are freaking out that the nintendo minute channel uh said the words k and rule in one of their videos and i i swear i swear i have the sneaking suspicion that the Nintendo of America media channels can only tweet about what they're told they can tweet about. And if it's not about a game that's that's going to come out in like three months or some like news update that happened somewhere else, they only talk about Mario and Zelda. It's like it never fails. And so for them to be talking about K. Roll, I think it's around the corner. I think I think this game is um, is like ready to go. It's coming this holiday and and we're going to see it here. Is it going to be 3D? Uh, I'm leaning, my current leaning, it, my, my heart says yes, and my mind says no. Matthew, thoughts? 
Yeah, it's funny that you were talking about that Nintendo Minute thing. I don't know if the social media works exactly that way where... Because I I think a lot of times people put way too much stock into a company's social media profiles. And, you know, I I see it as a big sports fan. I see it all the time where a lot of people associate, you know, a sports Twitter account, like an NBA team or an NFL team or MLB or whatever, and they'll associate that with the team themselves. And it's, it's like it's not. Usually they're completely different teams of people and so i wouldn't be surprised if that nintendo thing is absolutely nothing where they asked would you rather smell like donkey kong or king k rule uh but it is interesting that ever since smash you know and now we're able to talk about king k rule that gives me faith that he's going to be a part of this rumored donkey kong game but i do think this is real and i just think um you know according to a lot of donkey kong media outlets which we uh covered at length in the last show uh, there's a lot of very credible people that have said that this has been being worked on for years and it is in fact a real game. Um, you know, and I just think that the timeline matches up pretty well. I know that there was one leaker who was saying that this DK game was supposed to be a holiday title last year, but apparently COVID really, uh, like made development hard for them. And so that's why it's a game that got pushed back and it sounds like now it's going to come out this year. Uh, so that that's the, the I think one of the big games that's going to be shown at this E3 is it's going to be a first look at it and it's going to come out this year. And I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be 3D as well. I just, to me, I, I, the more and more I just keep thinking about it, I really do think it's going to be 3D. I think aside from some insiders claiming that it's going to be a 2D game, I just, I just keep, thinking how perplexing that is to me that you would have retro not just make a sequel to the third game or to tropical freeze and you would instead have a brand new team make just another 2d game like i just think that doesn't make any sense at that point why not just have retro do it like why not you know the the whole development of their last game whatever that was supposed to be didn't go well fine so have them do another dk at that point like why are we gonna task a new studio with doing it i just to me i would be blown away by that because i just think at that point now you're just setting yourself up for comparisons and also i think it creates some brand identity issues where it's the same thing i think that happened with crash bandicoot where you have the insane trilogy on playstation 4 and you also have crash bandicoot 4 it's about time on playstation 4 they look like two completely different games the characters don't look the same at all. And I think if a new team is making this DK game, which obviously they are, it's not retro, it's going to look a lot different than the other DK games. So if it's just another 2D game, I think all you do is open yourself up for comparisons. And at that point, you know, I'm sorry, I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to top retro. I think they might bring back a lot of the stuff we loved about the original games, like the Kremlings and the Animal Buddies and all the things like, you know, tires to jump off of and, you know, barrels and things that I don't think the newer games took advantage of. But I just, to me, it makes almost no sense. Like, I can't seem to find a reason why it would make sense for them to do that instead of just making a game that's sort of different. But I was going to say, it's funny because there's this random rumor that just came up about uh, where there's a person on Reddit who doesn't claim to be a leaker themselves but they were talking about that the new donkey kong game that some of these sources are talking about is actually a crossover with some like drum based game and it sounds just weird enough and out there enough that i think it's probably true i really do like i just don't to me that kind of rumor you don't just think of anything like that and that's what makes 
that's what to me is the funniest thing about people who create fake leaks is they always do the things you would absolutely expect that just seem too good to be real, but nobody ever has the out there like some DK crossover game with this weird drum guy that's really big in Japan. You know, like, it it just sounds like it makes a lot of sense. And my theory on this is that that's the game that a lot of these sources have been hearing about as far as being 2D. And there actually is the game that EPD has been working on as a 3D game. That's, like, my hot take prediction, which could be completely wrong. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because, like I said, I think even DK Vine stated it before as well, but EPD doesn't like to typically retread the same ground. And I, I just think, I remember the the main leaker who pioneered the whole 2D thing, the guy named Zippo, he also claims that they would drop the country moniker um you know, for something new because they don't want to make sequels to games they didn't make. But it's like, okay, so then why make... <laughs> I mean, that's where I just think it, it it's it's circular logic. It's like, why would you drop the country moniker and then make another 2D game? Like, I just... To me, you know, if, if you're not wanting to make sequels to games you didn't make, then why would you make the same style of game that's already been made made originally and then was remade by Retro Studios? So I could go on and on about that, but I just think... There's so many logical signs that point to this game not being a 2D traditional game. And that doesn't mean it's a 3D sandbox game. It could be a 2.5D game like Crash Bandicoot. It could be an over-the-head 3D uh, you know, game like Super Mario 3D World was. I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that. Or for all we know, it could be crazy and it could blow our minds. It could be some open-world ambitious game, which is... Probably not going to be the case, but a man can dream. But my whole point is, I just if it's just strictly a the same style of 2D game that Retro Studios games were, I just to me, like I said, I would have that that point just wanted to see Retro bring back King K. Rule and make their own game. You know, maybe remake Crocodile Isle. That's where you go for the game because I already have faith and and confidence in the fact that that game would be mind bogglingly good. That's a lot to take in. Uh, um, yeah, and I, I mean for the for the full discussion, of course, this this new rumor wasn't uh, out at the time we recorded it, but you can check the last episode for a full on DK discussion. Um, let let me go into this this rumor here. Uh, it comes from Reddit. There's a guy from Bandai Namco on the marketing team who apparently left and uh, told this guy that Donkey Kong was uh, crossing over with. Taiko no Tatsujin. Um, I think I'm saying that right, and that they're going to make like a Jungle Jams game, a crossover, and that it'll be revealed at E3. Um, <laughs> that there's like going to be like amiibo functionality and like accessories. And uh, one one comment on the the Reddit from uh, from someone is so funny. It says unexpected check. Going to make the live chat mad check. Mode locked behind an amiibo check. This might be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then someone said $60 price tag that will remain $60 for years after launch triple check um, I think I think this game is weird enough to exist and be true uh, I also think that I don't I don't think this is the game I think this is a game uh, that is coming out with you know Donkey Kong like I mean you know 
if all the theory crafting we've been doing up until this point is true, that Nintendo's starting to care about Donkey Kong, they're giving him a, a, a permanent development home, they're building out the merchandise, they're building out the theme park, they're going to make him like you know a big multimedia character again. I think that um, this is just part of you know the stuff that you do. This is this is the Mario and Puzzles and Dragons. This is the Mario and the Rabbids game. This is the uh, Zelda and Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, the 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 stuff that just gets the brand out there, and um, I don't think now two things. I don't think EPD would be making a crossover game from an IP that they that doesn't belong to them. Like if this was uh, kind of like a, a a somewhat spiritual successor to Jungle Beat, then you could see oh maybe they're making it that that's kind of like from the same same group of people. Uh, I could see that happening. I don't think that. Um, they would be including this other character in it. So I think this is probably a Bandai Namco-developed game. They also have an E3 show, and I think this is the type of thing that doesn't appear at Nintendo show. It, it, it shows up at Bandai Namco's. As far as the uh, supposed um, home-cooked version of Donkey Kong that we're getting, uh, I think it's going to be side-scrolling with some very, very, very minor 2.5D elements, and it's going to be four-player, and that's going to be the twist. Uh, also, it's going to have a vastly different art style, and it's going to reference the original Donkey Kong way more than any Donkey Kong game before. That's what I think is going to happen. But, um, you know, like I said, we 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 went through this whole thing um, in the last episode, so you can check that out if you want more. But those are my TLDR thoughts on it. Uh, Matthew, any closing thoughts on the Donkey Kong yeah, situation? Yeah, I mean, and that's what I was saying. I think I wouldn't be surprised in the least bit if... Some people have been getting mixed information on as far as what their sources have been telling them because I wouldn't be surprised if there's a 2D Donkey Kong that exists, but it's the crossover game, whereas then we're getting a 3D or 2.5D game, and it's the one that's being made by EPD. And I I think they're two separate games if the other one is real. It's like you said, I think this game would be developed by Bandai Namco, and then there's obviously still the EPD game that, like, many 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 people have gotten wind of i mean it sounds like anybody who knows anything in the game industry has essentially confirmed this game's existence but like i said again i just i would be blown away um if epd decided you know what we're gonna bring donkey kong home and we're gonna make it a certain way and then they just retread the same grounds that they asked retro studios to retread i just think that would be the most mind-boggling thing like I, I it's not that it's that out there to be unexpected but i just because I, I mean donkey kong's only ever not been 2d once but i just think it doesn't make a whole lot of sense given the fact that you could have just tasked retro with it you know you could have had like a trilogy with some finality but also you wouldn't end up in one of these situations like i said with crash bandicoot where you get two games on the same platform that look wildly different and i really like I'm telling you, man, I really believe this in my heart of hearts that that's what negatively affected Crash 4 sales because it's no secret that it didn't do nearly as well as the Insane Trilogy did. And I think that's a big reason for it. I think there was just this brand confusion where, like, is this a spinoff? Is this really Crash? He looks different. The art style's different. It's more kid-friendly and cartoony. And I think if you just have this, you know, what Tropical Freeze looks like and then you get this... DK that's more akin to like the original art style which would make me like ecstatic don't get me wrong but I just think it would create some 
confusion as far as you know the brand and is this a sequel is this the start of a new series if it's the start of something new why is it the same style of game as the last one like i just like i said i i could go on and on all day about that but i really do think this game's not going to be a traditional 2d platformer and whether that means it's 3d or not who knows but i would be stunned if it's just a left to right 2d dk yeah I mean, I agree with all the points with that. I think that it's confusing next to Tropical Freeze. I don't think it would be as good as Tropical Freeze, but I think the four-player element will be the biggest focus of it to differentiate it as well as um, some tie-ins to the original, original Donkey Kong. Um, just my guess. Donkey Kong Jr. making a comeback. No, just kidding. He's He's dead. <laughs> He died. Uh, but I don't know. I, I've, I, of course, would love to see a 3D game. I also would not mind a co-op. Like, if it's 3D, it's not going to be It's not gonna be multiplayer. Um, uh, and so, like, you know, my, my preference is typically a multiplayer game. My dream, my dream would be something like Mario 3D World or, or Sackboy A Big Adventure, and it's a four-player Donkey Kong game that's 3D. I would, oh, that'd be nice. But I don't think that's it. Uh, let's move on to um, what I think would, is the final thing we need to talk about with uh, just the rumors and stuff floating around. Uh, what do you think the two Smash characters are going to be? Or do you think... Um, I think we're definitely seeing a Smash character. I think we're probably going to see both of them. Yeah, I do uh, too. What do, you, what do you think about the situation? Yeah. Give, me, give me your take. Well, I think they're supposed to be wrapped up with DLC fighters by the end of the year. So I think it's a perfect opportunity. Just go ahead and release them now and... You'll have one that comes out sort of soon and one that comes out in the fall or winter time, and I think that's that's a wrap. Uh, I would love if the last two characters were Rayman and Crash. I really do believe those are the two most deserving and iconic characters that are left, uh, but logic and history tells me that there'll be two characters that I can't stand at all, two like anime JRPG characters, you know, I, I, I don't know that they'll be sword fighters, uh, but I, I really think Lloyd's going to be one of the characters. It just seems silly if they really held off on his me costume this entire time just to not make him a character. But then also, I think if it's not him, it he'll his costume will appear alongside a sword character. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it's Dante or Ryu Hayabusa or all these characters people have talked about which i'm not gonna lie i just i'm already kind of out on smash as it is um ever since pyra i just literally don't even look at that game the same because i just think you know sakurai threw us a bone with king k rule and ridley and banjo but i think for the most part you know when they say that Nintendo's making these choices for characters i think that's the part that infuriates me the most is that it's it's like you there's no way you can convince me that nintendo chose terry or or uh joker or some of these characters, Sephiroth, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, if Nintendo's truly choosing the characters, then I would think we would get some DK character based on the fact that there's a new DK game coming out. But when we don't get a DK character, I'll be here to revisit that and tell everybody that it's not Nintendo picking the characters. It's them protecting their working man from criticism and social media hate, which is what you would expect a company to do because... You know, that's just the right thing to do. Uh, you know, obviously, when Waluigi was an assist trophy in Smash, they all sent him, like, 
you know, think crazy things like hate mail and death threats. And that's why you take the brunt of that as a corporation. And so anyway, I, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be some character like Lloyd and somebody else. Um, but I really hope it's Rayman and crash. Like, I just think, you know, that, that, you know, people talk about, it'd be weird to get two platforming characters in a row, but that would make three total for the entire 11 DLC characters. So I don't see why that would be a big deal but um, that would be a dream for me. Yeah. Uh, I think, and perhaps I'm too cynical, I think it's Lloyd and Ryu Hayabusa that's left. Um, you know, like, Koei Tecmo is a big partner of Nintendo. They help them make the um, the Dynasty Warriors crossovers. They help them in part with uh, Fire Emblem. Like, they're getting a character in Smash. It's it's probably going to be Ryu Hayabusa, and uh, it seems like Lloyd is definitely um, in the game. The the only like I mean I guess they could have been pulling the same thing that they pulled with Geno, which is holding his me costume off for like over a year just to like give fans false hope and then crush them because they're Geno fans. They deserve to be crushed apparently. Uh, but yeah, I, dude, I. I think I think that's where we're ending up. Uh, I I think if uh, if not Ryu Hayabusa Crash, I think Crash still has a a decent shot of getting in. But you know, like at what point am I just going to like accept that like Smash Brothers is morphing into a sort of Street Fighter or anime Soul Calibur type of thing? Like like the brand of Super Smash Bros. is moving in like a uh, I, and I don't know if this is only Sakurai or if this is anybody else that's in the room saying things, but like it just you look at the DLC pack and it's all these like semi obscure, uh, more teen to adult oriented characters. And then like here's Steven Banjo. Um, it's weird. It's weird. And uh, like I just it just makes me think that like, you know, a JRPG character from 15 years ago from like one particular tales game. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, you know, and, and like Ninja Gaiden and the thing that, the thing that's kind of awful is like in a vacuum, Sephiroth, Sephiroth would be awesome in a vacuum. Ryo Hayabusa would be awesome. But in the context of like, we've just had so many of these type of dudes. Um, it's, it's just like kind of, you know, kind of well, wacky people, and it, it's like i know crash is sort of like banjo sort of like sonic like aesthetically speaking but he would play a lot different like every sword character has a stab swipe or slide for their down tilt well like, and they you, all you, can, you were talking about aesthetics they all look the same too like most of them are way more similar than any of the not or the fictional characters or or you know you know what i mean non like anime humanoid characters yeah, and I, I think it's also absolutely goofy that Rayman's not in that game. My The only thing that would make sense for why Rayman's not in this game at this point is if you were to tell me that Rayman, um, that Ubisoft declined to put Rayman in the game because they wanted to put him in Brawlhall instead. That'd be the only reason why it would make sense to not have Rayman as a playable character at this point because, like, come on. Like, it, it, he doesn't even work for that argument of just, like, well, it's like another animal wearing shoes. It's just, and first of all, you know, people making fun of, like, cartoon characters getting into Smash. Like, look at look at Smash 64 and tell me that's not a game about fun cartoon characters bashing each other with their wacky abilities um, instead of a bunch of anime edgelords 
making uh, silly quotes and and slashing each other with their like super anime. Oh, the worst part is that they're all like exactly the same, where they all say their attacks as they do them. It, it never seems to, or it, it never fails. Even the reveal trailers all play out exactly the same way. But that's what's funny is a lot of people point out like. Well, if you count all the platforming cartoony characters and all the anime RPG characters, there's actually more cartoony. It's like, yeah, but it's it's what have you done for me lately? Ever since Smash 4, it's been disproportionately favored the other way. It, you know, whereas like in the last couple of games, they, they or the last two games, they haven't really done a lot of characters like a Banjo or like a King K. Rule. And, you know, and it's just funny because look at the reactions for K. Rule and Banjo and everybody else they've put in that game, and it's not even close. And I think that just tells you those characters resonate more widely than, like, random dude from Fire Emblem. Like, it's just... I mean, I, I it was just the funniest thing when even a character like Sephiroth, who there's a lot of people who have this misconception that because Final Fantasy is a big franchise that Sephiroth is this like mega giant character. And I couldn't believe how many people on social media where it's the same thing as Joker. Like, who is this dude? I mean, because a lot of those characters, for one, they don't stand out very well. And for two, they're usually not that important to their franchise as a whole. They might be really important to a game or two, but they're not integral or integral to, like, the entire series. And Final Fantasy is one of those games where every game in the series is is about different characters and different stories and a different timeline, whatever the case may be, usually. So I just think, you know, I, I, I think, like, a character like Rayman or Crash Bandicoot, if they announce them, they'll have such a big and positive reaction, you know, because I just think those characters are extremely iconic and, and extremely beloved. And I think the fighter passes are really lacking in those areas. And that's why when Sephiroth was announced and Pyro was announced, it's like you got so many people lamenting it who would otherwise be excited because it's just more of the same. Another character in this art style that, you know, has cliche at, at lines when they do attacks and, uh, you know, fights for their friends, whatever else is, you know, all the normal mumbo jumbo but um yeah yeah and like i said sephiroth in a vacuum you know in a, in a vacuum is really cool he's he's a uh, one of the most iconic video game villains of all time you know i i, I never played final fantasy 7 but i knew exactly what he did in that game because everybody knows that um in a vacuum would be really cool but just like that that trail of uh, even if even if after sephiroth then we started getting back to like more you know like uh widespread characters like if say rayman or crash or uh someone who is a little more widely appealing than like you know the side characters from the second xenoblade chronicles game it's just like we have what what we have we have the side characters from the second xenoblade chronicles game uh, okay uh sitting standing alongside like um you know steve who's the character from the best-selling video game of all time it's it's just a weird it's a weird mix um not to say that pyra and mithra are also aren't like okay i think they'd be fine base roster additions to like say the next smash game but for like characters that they're charging a premium for and giving special development resources to like craft music and stages and stuff to it's like i I hate to use the word waste, but, like, what a waste. Well, and I think that's why they were big on, like, we're not going to tell you who the characters are. You just have to trust us that they're going to be good. And I, I look at that as being, like, that's where Sakurai knew he could get away with putting in all the characters that he wants. And I hate to just make him out to be 
a, a, a mean person who would do something like that. But I really think he puts his own interests before the general widespread fandom interests in a lot of situations. I remember reading something years ago where he said he always is the one that has final say, like no matter a whole room could say, put this character in, but if he doesn't think it works or doesn't want him, he, he's the one that makes those decisions. And, um, I just think that's how he got away with doing this is it's like, okay, well you already bought it. So it doesn't really matter who we put in at this point. Like we've gotten your money. So, um, but I, I just would be more disappointed if it's not Rayman and crash or one of the two, just because I think Ubisoft and Activision have done more for Nintendo than some of these other companies. I mean, that's the most annoying part about characters like Sephiroth where it's like, man, square Enix, like I'm not going to get into the whole history of that, but they had turmoil with Nintendo back in the day and they, you know, Square Enix doesn't even really do a lot for Nintendo as a whole, especially not with Final Fantasy VII. Like, that's the perplexing part to me is Hero, okay, you got me with that. Dragon Quest is on the Switch, whatever. What does Sephiroth do for you? What does that help you advertise for the Switch? It helps you advertise a game that is not able to run on your system so what am i going to play sephiroth and smash and then what am i going to want to do play final fantasy 7 remake on the playstation 4 or 5 like i just to me it's just mind-boggling when you have companies like ubisoft that made starlink with Star Fox, or they've they're making a second mario plus rabbits video game you know obviously they are willing to work with nintendo and have a good relationship and then activision putting donkey kong and bowser and skylanders like i think those are big deals and to me to just not throw either of those companies a bone whatsoever i just think is is it's so ridiculous it's not even funny and uh it really kind of upsets me to be honest but you know yeah well i i would say square enix does have a pretty rich relationship with nintendo it's just like different now you know they they break like bravely default was was uh exclusive on the switch for a long time they make the um or no the bravely default series was was like that i'm getting my uh games mixed up I'd said earlier, make something like Bravely Default. I'm an Octopath Traveler. Uh, that was exclusive on the Switch for um, for a long while. It still hasn't come to PlayStation. It's on Xbox now. So, I mean, they, they have a relationship with Nintendo, of course. But, uh, but yeah, specifically Final Fantasy is, is kind of a funny case. Because that, that was the game where Square stopped making uh, Nintendo games for, like, a long time. You know, they, uh, the, the mainline Final Fantasy games... I don't think since then have ever come to Nintendo at the same time as they've come to PlayStation. Uh, and they probably won't. I mean, they're, they're always like cutting edge on the graphics side of things. And, and yeah, like that, that's what makes uh, Sephiroth a second weird addition because it's like, yeah, they're still not, they're, they're still not going to make, they're they're not going to put remake on the switch, dude. Like <laughs> they're still well, not. A, it's not going to work there. I just think it and makes it, no sense. That's that particular game choice is very, very, very strange. Which sort of backs up the the kind of a, the the thought that like it's mostly Sakurai pulling the strings and the decisions. Now, um, I think certain characters I've said before are uh, mandated in. Steve and Banjo were probably negotiated at a higher level than Sakurai has control over. But Terry is is a Sakurai choice. Byleth is a Sakurai choice. Joker's a Sakurai choice. Um, and then uh, Min Min wasn't, but, uh, but I think even Pyra and Mithra were, uh, you know, maybe they asked Monolith Soft, and they're like, that's the character we want to put in. But 
Um, but yeah, I think that makes sense. And like Sakurai has so much pull at Nintendo that, you know, when he wanted to, the when his conditions for making Super Smash Brothers Brawl was like Nintendo hiring his company and, and hiring, a, a, like a, building an entire company around what Sakurai wanted, uh, they did that. When he didn't really like that because he didn't want to deal with all the HR stuff and he wanted to just like have a, oversee a development studio to do that, to, to do that like they did it. They there's so much respect for him in that industry. And a lot of it's well-earned. I mean, the man makes very, very, very compelling video games. And, um, uh, so like, I, I get it, but like, but yeah, this is the, the fighter pass. Like, honestly, will kind of end up being like a little weak sauce. I mean, we're going to get one or two characters that are really iconic per, per pass. And then a bunch of kind of throwaways. Like I, I, I still look back and I'm like, they really put in Byleth. They really put in Byleth. Yeah, the, like the a, fact that Sakurai had to get a an early version of that game to put that character in the game just tells you how badly they wanted to add Byleth. And I'm like, man, just... I think my man just wanted to play Three Houses a little early, which, like, I, I get it. I like that game. <laughs> but, nah, that's a but joke. Yeah, it's, I, I think if it ends uh, up being Rayman and Crash, though, I think that would fix everything. Like, I would completely look at the whole pass differently. Like, at that point, I'd be like, I'm glad I... I bought it because, um, I, you know, it, it would it would make me feel like it was money well spent at that point. But I will say, I think if Crash does get announced, my hot take for the trailer is going to be that it's going to start like DK and Banjo's or King K. Roll and Banjo's trailer did, where it shows like two uh, two two D uh, slot drawings of certain things, and it's going to show all these characters and platforming scenarios like Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, like Mario and Luigi, like all these. Kirby and uh, Yoshi and like and then the screen's gonna go black and then it's gonna show Mario yawning and he's gonna be in the treehouse with Sonic and they're gonna be hanging out there and then they're gonna hear something outside and it's either gonna be Incineroar or it's going to be Crash's me costume because I think him having a me costume just makes too much sense with the commercials it's gonna be one of those two and then Crash is gonna come out and spin him away that's some like if he's in the game i guarantee you that's gonna be the trailer like i just i just think that's like too it makes too much sense with the fact that they already reused that format for banjo that i'm like that would that would just be perfect um you know and obviously it makes sense with being in that house because crash you know insanity island is like a beach and a jungle so um yeah i just wanted to put that out there because if that comes true i you know I don't know. I deserve a high they five. They would definitely need the the crash me costume. Um, yeah, I have no idea what the trailer would be like, but yeah, it's, he feels like that that missing piece, that um, you know, missing Infinity Stone. And Cloud sort of fills that role, you know, like because he was also like a very iconic PlayStation character, but um, but Crash has that combative relationship with Mario. I just, I, I would love. My dream uh, reveal video would be uh, like some some rendition of the "Hey Plumber Boy" thing. I don't know how they would do that, but uh, but those were so funny. And maybe they could even mash that up with the. If you go and look on on YouTube, the original commercial for the '64 Smash Brothers, where um, they were a bunch of dudes in mascot costumes beating each other up in a field of sunflowers. I think some mix of those two things would be really funny, but. Uh, probably not what's happening, especially in uh, in a pandemic. Uh, they're probably doing something more digital. But, but yeah, honestly, like 
I don't know. I'm kind of cynical at this point. I feel like it's going to be Lloyd and, and Ryu Hayabusa. They'll they'll be revealed in the same trailer because they fit well together. They both have swords. If both, that's uh, the case, I'm calling Nintendo and asking for, or not asking, I'm demanding a refund on that fighter pass, I'm telling you. That'd be funny. Like, it, it's either going to be one of them or it's going to be Dante from Devil May Cry. It'll be some character like that, but ugh, I just tell you, man, Nintendo... I want my money back. <laughs> the one thing is that it, it does seem like they're very close with the Crash franchise. I even noticed in certain placements, which I, I'm sure this is the retailer doing it, but I, I noticed last time I was in a Best Buy that Crash is sitting alongside all the big platforming um, mascot games in like alongside Nintendo's characters on the on the shelf for the Nintendo Switch with pretty like prominent placement for the products and I. Crash also appears in a lot of the the marketing for um for Nintendo's videos and it's like it's it's that that's definitely interesting and um and it's like yeah I know Activision was um they declined to uh, allow Crash uh, to be in PlayStation All Stars it was it was it's not that they didn't want to put him in they wanted him. But they they couldn't get permission from Activision, so it could be something as simple as that explaining why Crash couldn't be in. But uh, what the the last little pin I'd, I'd want to put in this is that I think I don't think Sakurai is so much malicious as he is just like he's making the game for Japan. Uh, he speaks Japanese. He lives in Japan. Like uh, a lot of the people that he's going to interact with are in Japan and it's a lot easier to work with companies when you can understand them and you're not having to go through translators and time zone altercations and all that stuff. And he probably is like friends, like human face to face friends with a lot of these people that make deals at Square Enix or Koei Tecmo, so on and so forth. And I I just think that they're making Smash for, like, an exclusively Japanese audience. And, um, you know, if the United States people like it, cool. Uh, which I will say the, the United States got a lot of play in uh, the base roster, particularly Ridley and K. Rule. Because, like, at that point, they just couldn't ignore. Once they asked for votes, they're like, oh, oh, so you didn't like Corrin <laughs> and Bayonetta. Um, so... I just think that that's that's sort of the the tack that they've they've taken, um, and I don't love it, but it is what it is. Uh, but, but I would love to be pleasantly surprised, um, and we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Any any last thoughts on the Smash situation? No, I just I, honestly all I can say though is based on how Smash has been with character reveals, I it's not even on my radar. Like until we brought it up again, I just realized I haven't even been thinking about that for the first time in a long time. And um, it, it feels good in a way because I, I just hate being as disappointed as I am. I mean, but that's why when Pyro was announced, I mean, I remember I was just with Trevor and we were just, we honestly just started cracking up and just went back to talking about Pokemon or whatever it was we were talking about while the trailer was playing because we just, neither of us cared that much. Or, or, or that's how little we cared. And so it's nice yeah. just not even really even like, even until now, even thinking like, man, I haven't even really been caught up in who's going to be the last two fighters if they're both shown at E3. And honestly, uh, you know, I'm just ready to get it over with um, so I can stop hoping that Rayman and Crash are in the game. And if it happens to be those two characters, I'll be ever forever grateful. But um, I, if one of even one of those guys has left out, I can't help but feel like that's like that's. 
I don't know. It just doesn't feel like ultimate to me. Like those are two characters that I feel like really deserve to be in it, but that's just me. Especially Crash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, that's how I feel. Uh, the, the other, the only other thing that's that's kind of funny and interesting is that, uh, you know, there's always been talks of like maybe Jonesy gets into Super Smash Bros. and there's been the recent rumors of um, Metroid coming to Fortnite in some capacity, and uh, the rumor is that Nintendo said no because they, if there was going to be any Metroid content, they didn't want you to be able to see it on any other platform except for the Nintendo Switch, and uh, and Fortnite couldn't play ball with that, uh, so I'm. That sounds true. That sounds exactly like Nintendo, and I imagine the Jonesy being in Smash was part of whatever negotiations they were talking about, and I, I think that that's not happening um, this time around. But uh, let's move on to one final little thing. This has been a long long episode, but we're, we're taking you home. Uh, let's just go down the list. I, 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 you can kind of follow my example here, Matthew. Uh, I'm going to run down what the... Um, what is it? The 40 minute E3 is going to be, uh, and you know, kind of lace in your, your final predictions and lock them in. Then we'll see, we'll see on Tuesday how we did. Um, so I'm saying the, uh, the direct, it opens on a smash character. It is, uh, it's Lloyd from tales of symphonia. Get your big Japanese character in there to kind of whet the appetite for Smash stuff, but to not um, spoil it, kind of like what uh, what Hero did a few years ago. And then we move into uh, a, a bunch of third-party games that get way too much screen time, and they're like ex- explaining all the elements of an indie RPG game. Uh, that <laughs> like the battle system, they're they're explaining it, and it's twenty minutes in, and you're like, oh gosh, you're starting to sweat a little bit, and then bam. Donkey Kong. Big part of the direct. We're getting a lot of Donkey Kong information. It's a uh, four-player 2.5D side-scroller and um, with a heavy emphasis on the older Donkey Kong, specifically the the original arcade one. And uh, that is coming out in uh, November alongside uh, Pokemon to be Nintendo's big game for the season. Uh, we're going to get a light brush up on, like, hey, just so you know, Mario Golf and uh, Skyward Sword are, in fact, coming out. And we're getting Samus Returns for the uh, for the Switch. And then we close with a Smash character, uh, the second Smash character that's revealed the final one for the game. Of course, it's going to be a bit of a letdown. Uh, it's going to be... <laughs> someone from fire emblem but no i think i think that uh if i if i had to place my money on it i think our final smash character is crash bandicoot and uh and that's that's gonna close it out um but uh yeah that's that's my basic thought of what i think is going to happen um with e3 and i don't think we're getting anything else uh give me give me your version of that how do you vision this e3 playing playing out Uh, i think this e3 will probably open with uh it could open with a smash character i think it might open it might shock everybody and open up with a little snippet of metroid prime 4 just to get everybody going like oh my gosh wow like just to you know start off like hot because i feel like they usually like to do that or most people do with their presentations they always like to start good and end good and i think they might start with that or a small look at the sequel to breath of the wild um or, like I said, the Smash character, like you were saying. Um, or it could be the Donkey Kong game. I've thought about, too, like, it, it might just open up straight into DK 
um, you know, I think that would be a good thing to start with as well. Um, as beyond that, I don't really, it's hard to say like what order things are going to go in. Um, you know, like I think there will be, you know, a bunch of things like you said with like some, you know, they always, every Nintendo direct seems to have a bunch of like 2d, like underwhelming looking anime RPGs that all consist of characters that are mages and, and warriors and they all have mana and, you know, just all the typical stuff that these, those games, they're all, you know, they all follow the same trajectory, which is just so mind boggling to me. But, um, you'll have a few of those games in there, but I think, uh, like I said, we're going to get Donkey Kong. We're, we're going to get Metroid prime Four. Uh, or maybe maybe they end with Metroid Prime 4, but I think we also will get a second Smash character. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to manifest it. I'm going to say it's Rayman and Crash, but I, it's probably not. It's probably Dante and Lloyd or something. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to, like, predict an order. I mean, if I just had to pick one, I would say start with the Smash character, maybe a quick look at Zelda, then Donkey Kong, then some Metroid Prime 4 action, some Bayonetta 3, and then another Smash character. And I think those are pretty much, you know, aside from all the, um, you know, indie games and small anime RPGs, that it, that that is hopefully what I think you'll be looking at. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, I don't mean to, like, uh, place uh, a huge emphasis on the flow of the show, but if that's exactly how it plays out, then I'm never going to let anyone forget it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm never going to let anyone forget it. And, and I do think that's how it's going to play out. Um, but I don't know, you know, the, uh, the good part for me is if they come out showing uh, Prime 4 and it's a different type of 2D Metroid and we get Breath of the Wild or a 3D Donkey Kong, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But uh, But I don't think that is going to be the case um so you know we'll we'll see we'll see um i uh i have uh high hopes that this will be a fun time and um i mean at, at the very least even if it's like laughably silly what they're coming out with at least it'll be fun to clown on them uh but uh but yeah that's uh that's about all i had for this episode matthew you got any closing thoughts nope we're just a few days away hopefully it's not a massive disappointment that's all i have to say, I just hope it's not one of these E3 shows where you go in thinking there could be some juicy announcements and then it ends up being like a 2019 where the only things worth, to me, really, the only thing I got excited for was Banjo and Smash, which a DLC character to a game that's been out for three years is, you know, like if it's Rayman and Crash, like again, that'll be awesome, but I'd rather hear about new games than DLC add-ons personally, so uh, I really just want that Donkey Kong game to be real though and you know barring that it looks super disappointing because i think if they do show it and it just looks like you know i remember somebody said the new game is supposed to be the new super mario bros of donkey kong country and if it if it's anything like new super mario bros then i'll probably just walk out and leave uh because we're gonna watch it with trevor you and i and i promise i'll probably just get walk outside and get my car and go home (laughs) but i uh I really just want to see the new Donkey Kong game. That's really the biggest thing. Like, I'll I'll be pretty sad if we don't get a look at that. Yeah that that'll that'll pretty that'll wow me if if it skips the 
the E3. Because, I mean, going through this entire list, um, you know, before in our Donkey Kong prediction, I was like, maybe it, this Donkey Kong information comes in its own direct later on and the game's not making it this year. But there really isn't anything else that I think is going to hit this year for, for Nintendo. If they've been doing some, like, Samus Returns upscaling, I can believe that. They could do that. They could release that whenever they wanted. Um I don't think a Kirby game is ready. I I know Breath of the Wild 2 is not going to be ready. I know, uh, you know, Pikmin 4 is not ready. <laughs> Pikmin 4 doesn't exist. The Switch Pro I think it doesn't probably, exist. I think Pikmin 4 is probably canceled at some point, and they just don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, because you remember like five years ago when they were like, yeah, it's almost done. Um, yeah, the good times. Uh, but yeah, I just don't. Uh, Mario Kart 9, they're not going to come out with that. They, that, that's, that that's not going to happen. And Odyssey 2, no. They're not re- releasing Odyssey 2 like right, right in between all these other Mario games. But, you know, they, they've never See, surprised. But that's, never... that's why I'm going to tell you right now, if it ends up being like their big announcement is Super Mario Odyssey 2, and I told you, Super Mario Odyssey is probably in my top five favorite games of all time, despite not even being really a Mario fan, which that, to me, says a lot that I don't even really love Mario as a franchise, and that's one of my top five, top ten games of all time. But I'm telling you, if like one, if they're like big announcement, if there's no DK and it's just more Zelda and then like Mario Odyssey 2, as much as I love Mario Odyssey, I'd be severely, severely disappointed in that because I just don't think that game needs a sequel anytime soon. And to me, like we get Mario all the time. Like I just, I don't get excited about Mario. It could be the most like mind-blowingly fun Mario game of all time but the fact that we just get Mario all the time these same characters and these same worlds and the same art style like I just I'm tired of it like I want a break like I like different things like put that same energy into literally anything like it could be something entirely new it could be Donkey Kong it could do something with Star Fox you know do something with F-Zero like I'm just but Mario I'm I'm sick of it like give it a rest (laughs) You know, but if it's if if it was something like that, I, I'm not even going to lie. I would be really bummed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just uh, I I, uh, I want to see some variety. I want to see something I haven't seen before. Um, and that's, you know, that's mostly what I'm looking for is just, just some new experiences. But um, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just have to wait and see. We will hit your podcast feed uh, Tuesday after. um after the show, we'll we'll uh, we're gonna record our reactions and post that on the Control Games channel, um, and uh, and we'll be we'll be promptly uh, doing a doing a podcast about that. Probably have our friend uh, Trevor guest with us, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in your feed soon enough. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with E three, but you know, until then, what do you think is gonna happen? Can you comment on podcasts? I don't think so. I think you you can on SoundCloud. You can do it on YouTube, but, um, you know, I guess you can comment there if you want to. We'll eventually get some kind of Discord or whatever, but not today. Not today. I got too much going on. But, yeah, that's been uh, episode 12 of We the People. We'll see you next time. <laughs>